Welcome to Living on the Exhale, a podcast designed to help us find inspiration, laughter, and growth in the messy middle of our lives. Each week, we explore ideas, inspiration, stories, and experiences that help us to grow, connect, and learn. So, if you're in need of a weekly dose of inspiration, laughter, and a reminder that you're not alone in this crazy journey called life, then this podcast is for you. And at the end of every podcast, there's a meditation to help calm your soul. I'm Stacey Berkovitz, your host, and together we find peace and embrace life one breath at a time. Hi, Exhalers. Thank you for spending this time listening to the podcast. It really means the world to me that you're here. I want to tell you about something starting January 2024. It is a three-month-long group coaching program that its sole purpose is to help you find your zone of genius and really create a life of meaning and purpose. And this is called the Life Meaning Purpose School, LMP for short. And it's a soul school that really takes you on this profound journey of self-discovery and empowerment over the course of those three months. So month one, we focus on inner work, breath work, meditation, nervous system regulation, and really going into the stories that we tell ourselves and how that sometimes can hold us back. And then we go into month two, which is the discovery phase, discovering our values and our talents, our strengths, and letting that lead us into what ignites our passions. And then month three, we develop this really cool mission and blueprint for you, your life, your zone of genius. And you line up where your talents and passions meet, and then you learn how to share those gifts with the world. So if this sounds like something that is calling you, if you want to make 2024 your year to really learn more about you and then take the best version of you into the world for your mission, I'd encourage you to go to my website on the excel.com. You can learn more about it. Again, we start January, 2024. So hope you'll join me. Thanks Exhaler. Sending you so much love. So today's guest is Vicki Valence Clark. And she brings such a unique perspective on how to free herself from alcohol, anxiety, and addictions quickly without medication, willpower, Alcoholics Anonymous, also known as AA, or rehab. This is such an interesting conversation and technique that she's developed, and I'm sure you don't want to miss it. So please join me as I talk with Vicki Valence-Clark about how to free yourself from addiction. Fair warning, there are some F-bombs involved in today's episode, and we do talk about some serious topics. So just keep that in mind as you're listening in case you have young ears around you. All right, let's get going. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited for today's guest, Vicki Valence-Clark. Thank you so much for being here. 
Yay! Thank you for having me. Exciting. And if you haven't noticed already, she has that kick-ass accent. So we get to embrace that and listen to it this whole podcast. I should just be quiet and let you speak because basically they're just going to want to hear your amazing accent. Um, What is that about? Why? What's so good about the English accent? We are weirdos in America (laughs) and we've watched Pride and Prejudice one too many times. Oh, yeah. Mr. Darcy changed us forever. Colin Farrell, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was the original. And what was the other guy's name? Matthew something or another did like the remake with Kara Knightley and he was good. He was solid, but he was no Colin Firth. I've seen one yet. I don't remember Maybe. his name. Maybe I he was cute too, but, and Kara Knightley rocked that role out of the oh. park, but Colin Firth, man, he was my yeah. original first love. He was in, um, oh, what's, that? What, what's the one where she wore big pants? Oh, uh, she wore big pants and she yeah, she wore big knickers. What? Hey, I can't think. I can't think now. Colin Farrell was, yeah, he was Mr. Darcy in that, wasn't he? Oh, God, what the hell is it called? With I'll think about it and let you know. Okay, all right. Now, now we're all like, we all want to know. And actually, <laughs> this this podcast today is not about Mr. Darcy, although I am a fan of making an episode completely about the, the people on the screen we have fallen in love with, and Mr. Darcy would be the star of that show. Um, what Vicky is bringing to us today is this wonderfully new perspective on addiction and anxiety. And I am so excited to jump into this and talk about all things, how this started, why you started coaching, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just jump right in. Mr. Darcy, we're gonna have to put you on the shelf for a second and a woman in big pants. You're also going on the shelf, but we talk about these topics. Okay. It's all right. We'll figure it out. I mean, Google Google can, can guide us there. Okay. So first of all, give like, I don't know, just a a high level overview of why you got into this in the first place. Maybe first, like what you do and then why you started doing it. So I free people from the grip of alcohol with my unique hypnotherapy system. So how I got into it was I... About eight years ago, I found my dad dead. I found his dead body and he was ravaged with alcohol. Um, And the emotional impact of that made me think, shit, I've got to quit drinking because it's a slippery slope and it was getting over the years worse for me. You know, I... As a child, I'd I'd survived domestic violence. My dad was... um, when him and my mum were together when I was born up until my mum left him when I was seven, he, um, there was domestic violence a lot. And so there was a lot of neglect, um, abuse. And we had quite a, a, a weird relationship over the years, um, where I wanted his validation and I never could, you know, I wanted him to love me. Then then both of them got married again when I was about 10 years old. And so I had step parents, mother and father, step parents. Both of those were abusive as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from birth up until I when I left home at 16, 
it was just abuse, um, lots of alcoholism. And um, so when you're at that age, 16, you're very, um, well, you're very emotional anyway. And I thought, and a lot of people think if one of my parents doesn't love me, then there must be something wrong with me. You internalize it and make it about you. Um, I've since learned, you know, it was never about me. It was him. He was dealing with his own shit. It was never really about me. Um, but so then I went into my 20s and 30s drinking, taking drugs all through my 20s. Um, and then even through my 30s and 40s, I was still drinking. I, I wouldn't say that I was a raging alcoholic, like what my dad, you know, he had to have a drink every day. But I was binge drinking on weekends, bottle of wine on a Friday night, bottle of wine on a Saturday night, bottle of wine on a Sunday. I, c I could never have. It's that, you know, I'll just have one. No, I'd open a bottle of wine and think I'll just have the one like we all do. And then it turns into two, three. And, and before you know it, the whole bottle is gone. And so... You know, I, I tried so many times to quit using willpower. Oh, that's it, you know, on a Monday morning, that's it. I'm not drinking anymore ever again. Um, and it just went on like that for years. I was smoking weed as well and smoking. And then one after that happened with my dad, after I found him dead, I was like, no, my kids, are, uh, this is not happening to me. This has got to stop. You know, I'd lost my license twice from drink driving as well over the years and so I thought I've, I'm, I've had enough of this I've got to find a way that isn't AA that isn't rehab that isn't the traditional you know even when, if I went to the to, to the GP the doctor's surgery in our country is a GP general practitioner um, and there's no help there's no help for people and my dad, I went to an AA meeting with him, you know, years ago, I, I was probably in my early 20s and he, he, having to stand up and, you know, you feel enough shame and guilt from drinking anyway, especially if you're an alcoholic like my dad was, to having to stand up and say, my name's Ray and I'm an alcoholic, just humiliate yourself even more in front of a room full, usually in a cold church, but, you know, in, in a room full of people and affirm that thing that you're trying to not be. Um, my name's Ray and I'm an alcoholic. It just didn't, you know, my dad never went back. If you're not, if you don't believe in God, what do you do? Because AA is all about, you know, a higher power. Um, so, you know, it's not for everyone. I'm not saying, I'm not, I just don't agree with AA, even though I know it's helped and been the savior of many, many people. I just wanted a new, a different way uh, that I thought there has to be a way. And then, so then I came across this girl on Facebook who said, quit smoking in one hour, hypnotherapy. So I signed up for it, did it, and it worked. It was like she went in my head and switched to switch and I wasn't smoking anymore. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And then I thought to myself, if she can do it with smoking, she could do it with drinking. So then I, you know, got in contact with her again and she stopped me drinking. And I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. This is the thing, you know. So then I went on this whole healing journey. First of all, prior to that, I became a Bob Proctor consultant and um, got into all that kind of spirituality, you know, law of attraction, manifesting, all that sort of thing. Um, and then I quit drinking and smoking with the, with hypnotherapy. And then I sort of went on a, a healing journey of my own because I had all this healing to do. Um, 
from my childhood and and I was that impressed with the hypnotherapy and the timeline therapy because it was it was the two of those things that and then I um got myself trained in quite a few modalities healing modalities because I was impressed with them and so now what I do is um I combine all the healing modalities that I'm trained in into this unique system of hypnotherapy timeline therapy um and that's how I help my clients stop drinking stop smoking whatever it is that you know if it's anxiety but I what's close to my heart is alcohol so because of you know what happened with my dad and me me being wanting to stop drinking and everything so that's how it all um came about wow vicky well first of all i'm so sorry how difficult that must have been to um see your father in that condition and i imagine the impact that that made was quite life changing in itself um, and it's interesting how our early childhood really dictates so many of our later experiences in life, our later choices. And so it seems like that, that really, when you saw your dad that way, and that really impacted you, it really did completely change the trajectory of your life. And now you are a healer. You're part of the healing community. Um, talk a little bit about what you've seen. So you, you, I hear you work with anxiety. I hear people with, who have anxiety, people who are struggling with alcohol. So like, let's say somebody comes to you and let's, let's start first with, with anxiety and then we'll dive into the alcohol portion portion. But if somebody comes to you and they, they are suffering from anxiety, is that them coming to you from a self-diagnosis? Like I'm always feeling worried, or is this somebody who's gone to therapy and is showing up of, I have anxiety, I'm doing the traditional therapy. It's not working or it's kind of working, but I really want to, I want deeper help. What are you generally seeing? Like who are you generally seeing when they walk in your door? Um, it varies really. It, there was somebody, I've had clients where um one lady she her mum had died when she was 17 years old and she was in her 40s and she just felt stuck and it was because she felt that she couldn't carry on with her life without her mum um so she had hypnotherapy and um that's her life's completely changed now it's like you know the floodgates have opened and she started manifesting amazing things going to Joe Dispenza um retreats things like that it was just amazing um and then other people that have had not been able to forgive themselves because they've had an abortion or things where they've had trauma or something's happened earlier on in life there's been a past event and it when you say you know it, it, how our early childhood dictates the rest of our life is because when up until we're seven years old, you've heard that saying, give me a child until they're seven and I'll show you the man or give me a boy until because that those early years, it's is when our subconscious mind is wide open and we don't really have a conscious mind. And so we're absorbing everything that's going on around us in our environment, whether that's whatever's on the media, brothers and sisters, mum and dad, whatever's going on in the environment, you absorb that. 
And so then that becomes your blueprint for the rest of your life, you know, and whatever's in people think that it's their conscious mind that controls what they're doing, but it's not, it's your subconscious, your subconscious is where your memories, your habits, things like that all reside. Um, so, you know, that's why you find yourself whenever you go on a diet, your hands in the cookie jar and you don't, you just can't help it because it's your subconscious programming that's running your life. That's in control of your behaviors, not, not your conscious mind like 95 percent of our day is automatic it's made up of habits and and, it, and it's just on automatic you know it's only about five percent i think arguably people are arguing now that only three percent of what we do is our conscious mind so it's all about that programming mm. in conscious so somebody comes to you and and it sounds like what you do is kind of get deep into the subconscious yes. to unprogram people. mind. Yes. So have people come to you? And I know I have friends who have gone through AA. Um, mm -hmm. I have friends who've done therapy for anxiety. So have you had people come to you who have already gone the therapy route and not had success? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Because traditional therapy, talk therapy, you're just talking about the problem and anchoring in the problem and you know they want you to go back because they're getting paid again you know what what where's the solution with traditional talk therapy yeah it, it you know it does help people I'm not knocking I'm not saying that it's just that you just there's no sort of solution with it you're just going in you're talking about it you might be able to see it from a different perspective when you talk about your problems or what's happened in the past and things like that, look at it from a different perspective, see it from, you know, but what's, where's the solution with, with talk therapy, with hypnotherapy, you're reprogramming that software that's in the subconscious, mm. um, you know, um, so that's why I like it so much because it is an actual solution. That is, that is fascinating. It, it's also very encouraging for people who maybe have tried the traditional route and haven't seen the, um, maybe yes. the progress that they would yeah. like to see, um, yeah. with their condition. And, um, you know, we all have hard times. We, some of us suffer anxiety, some of us suffer depression, some of alcoholism, some of overeating, some have a cheese addiction and can't stop eating cheese. So we all have our thing, right? So it's just really nice to know that when you are ready to move through and past your, your thing, that there are alternatives, right? So you have the, somebody coming in with anxiety or somebody who's wanting to work through alcoholism. So talk, talk me through what that looks like. So they, is this something that's done online? Is this something that's done in person? And how does, how does a session and a look. So all my clients, it, everything I do online, I don't do anything face to face. It's all over Zoom. Okay. And they would fill in a consultation form. And then we usually I'll usually what I do is I haven't really done a lot with anxiety. I do more with alcohol and smoking. But usually what I do is a three session package for alcohol or smoking. Now, sometimes it's less than that sometimes, but there's a lot of hypnotherapists out there that will say, I could do it in one session or I can do it in two sessions or, 
And then they'll say, you don't have to go back to, you know, something that happened in the past. We'll just reprogram the software. But to me, when, when I work with people, you don't, you're not drinking for no reason. It doesn't matter what the substance is. I'll argue that you're addicted because I, I don't believe you're addicted. I, I believe it's a habit. It's habitual. Once you start doing something over and over again, repetitively, your brain to conserve energy will, your conscious mind will pass it to the subconscious mind and make it automatic. Now, when you think about how many cigarettes you smoke in a day, like when you first learn to drive, consciously you're thinking about where where you're going, changing gear, foot on the pedals, all those sort of things. After you've done it for a while, you're getting from A to B and you can't even remember how you did it. Your subconscious is done the driving because it's been passed to the subconscious mind so it's been made it's a habit same as when you get up in the morning you go into that routine you know get out of bed do go to have a wee get a cup of tea brush your teeth all that's everything becomes habitual because once you keep doing something repetitively it passes it to the subconscious so but when it comes to things like alcohol drug addiction whether or binge eating, quite quite a lot of clients I have with the binge eating, um, that's become habitual because the con you've done it that many times, it's passed it to the subconscious and made it automatic. So, but there's a reason in the first place that you started doing it, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, whether it's binge eating. So it doesn't matter what the substance is. They are just what your mind is using to cope. They are the coping mechanism so that so that the the person can cope with what's happened in the past, you know, whether it's a past event, something traumatic, some kind of trauma that's happened in the past, or from in my case, all the abuse and the domestic violence and everything that I went through as a child you know these are coping mechanisms have, have you ever heard of Gaber mate I, I don't know how to pronounce his name but he's um an addiction specialist quite famous and um he says people aren't addicted it's not that they're addicted it's it's the pain that they're trying to numb mm. that person whether it's food to fill a need some kind of subconscious need that fe feels it needs you know you, you, you're eating, whether it's smoking, whether it's taking drugs, even prescription drugs, Valium, sleeping tablets, things like that, or whether it's alcohol, there is some pain that you are trying to numb. Something has happened in the past, either childhood or, you know, in the past that needs healing. And so what my system does is it heals that disassociatedly. I don't take people back to the event and put them into it so that they're associated into it and get all emotional about it like traditional therapy might do i use timeline therapy which keeps them disassociated from the event and then we heal what's happened at the event or what's happened in the childhood or whatever it is that's happened and then that that usually takes the first two sessions depending on how much trauma there is you know it, it, everybody's different 
So, and then the, 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 the hypnotherapy where I reprogram the habit in the subconscious, that's just the cherry on top. That's just the icing on the cake at the end. That's mm -hmm. why it's like a session package, you know? So, so if you do, otherwise, if you just reprogram that software and that habit, a couple of years down the line or six months down the line, you get triggered by whatever happened in the past. Something reminds you there's a likelihood that you might go for that thing to soothe, self-soothe or self-medicate again because that emotion's been triggered. But what the therapy before the hypnotherapy, you know, the, the timeline therapy does is heals that so that you can look back on the events that have happened in your past with no emotion. Hmm. The memory's still there. But what we do is we extract the positive learnings from it, the strengths, the wisdom and the positive learnings with the timeline therapy. Interesting. So it sounds like the, maybe the first two sessions you're going through this timeline, you're yeah. saying, okay, what did you learn from it? What? We find the root cause with the timeline. Ah. We, heal it. we heal that root cause so that when you, after you've had the hypnotherapy, something happens six months down the line a week, you know, after you, you're not triggered anymore. There's no sort of trigger because you've done the healing. You can look back on what happened with, you know, wisdom. These are the strengths that I've, it's just phenomenal how, how effective it is. So habitually speaking, does the, the first two sessions that you kind of go through all this, you find the root cause and talk through it. Does that help with the habitual part or is that more the hypnotherapy part? No, that what the timeline therapy does is it heals the root cause, which is what you were using the substance for to numb. Mm -hmm. So once you've healed that and then you've had the hypnotherapy to reprogram, to get, to stop the habit, there's no reason for you to want, you know, there's no desire for alcohol anymore. When you use willpower or you go into AA meetings or anything like that, Willpower, AA, rehab, they're all conscious mind um, tools to try and stop you drinking. What I do is I get to the root cause, which is in the subconscious, mm -hmm. and then reprogram that habit so that, you know, six months down the line, you're not going to get triggered. It's been reprogrammed. I mean, I it, it's been over five years now since wow. I had the therapy and the timeline therapy and I I've got you know that there is absolutely no desire and you can ask any one of my clients it's like someone has gone in your head and switched the switch off it's just gone incredible it's that's incredible so when somebody comes to you and they have these sessions um and I know you typically have three sessions do you space them is it like a weekly thing and have you noticed anyone needing more sessions after the three initial sessions I've had clients that have had a lot of trauma and it might take them four, four timeline therapy sessions and then a fifth session for hypnotherapy. But then I've had people where they've not had that much trauma and they've just needed one timeline therapy session and then the hypnotherapy. So everybody's different, depends on the person. So interesting. And are they done kind of on a weekly basis for processing yeah. or what do you notice the most success with? Um, I like to give it a week because it's a lot. Yeah, I imagine. You know, if you think about 
say, for example, someone's had a lot of trauma. If someone's not had a lot of trauma, I might do, I might do it all in a week. Depends. Everybody's different, like I keep saying, because they are. But like if someone's had a lot of trauma, I like after one session to give it a week to settle things down before they have the next one. And I don't like to do more, do it for more than an hour. I think that's enough. You know, you're exhausted afterwards because there can be a lot of tears because they've been repressing that emotion from that event. You know, when you think about babies, it's, it's a fascinating subject because when you think about babies, have you got any children yourself? I do. Yeah. So when your babies first started to walk and you're in bed in the morning, they come running in the bedroom and they jump on the bed and they're so happy. They're always just like really happy. And then something will happen. I don't know, they fall off the bed and then they'll start crying. And then two minutes later, they're laughing again. So they're freely expressing, expressing their emotions. And we do as children until they get to about that age of about two when we're like, stop crying. You know, and then we're taught as human beings, you know, to 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 repress our emotions, stop crying, especially in England. You know, it's that stiff upper lip and, you know, we're not to show emotion and things like that. So, uh, God save the queen. I just feel like yeah. I interjected that. <laughs> King now. So, um, <laughs> so you go through life. Everybody goes through life just repressing emotions. And basically everybody's walking around like ticking time bombs because they've got that many repressed emotions and trapped emotions because emotions stay trapped in the body. And, and but all emotion is, is energy in motion. It's just wants to flow through you. Like you see children laughing, crying, they're just freely expressing, but we are taught not to. So we've got all these trapped emotions inside us. And especially if you've been through trauma or anything like that, you know. And so what tends to happen in the sessions is a lot of emotion comes up, you know, and it's freed and just allowed to flow through. And it's so such a release for people. They all say afterwards, I feel so much lighter. Oh, that's beautiful. That's very similar. Um, I, I have my somatic practitioner certification and it's very similar as far as storing. I remember hearing one time your issues are in your tissues, meaning like your body whole, it holds a record of every single thing you go through every single thing. And so it, it sounds like what you do is you help, which is very similar somatically is you help release where that is in the body. And then, uh, through your hypno hypnotherapy, you're reprogramming. So would you recommend people who are going through therapy or who are in AA to combine the two, or do you feel like these are, you should not be done together? Like what's your, what's your feel feeling with that or what, from what you've seen? Um, I tend to get people that don't do AA. So I'm not sure about how the two would combine. You wouldn't need to go to AA anymore. You see the, the problem that I've got with AA is how they say, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Or, you know, you're going to have this problem for the rest of your life. I don't agree with that. I've never had a problem since. None of my clients do ever again. So it's it's that their whole, the whole principle of it, to me, I, I just don't agree with it. You know, I'm not to say that I'm knocking it or anything like that, because I know it saved the lives of many, but... I don't see it as a struggle. 
it's not a struggle it's not part of my life anymore it's just I have nothing to do with alcohol anymore so and I'm not going to label myself an alcoholic for the rest of my life like what AA does you know I think the reason that AA is so successful not that it's successful for for, for everyone but you know the su success that it does have I think that's to do with community more than anything because people crave connection um and once you've got that connection and that community around you i think that's what stops people drinking you know they've got people that they can talk to that they can relate to this they've got a sponsor that they can ring whenever they need to it's that community and that connection that i i think makes aa so um I, I don't believe that labeling yourself as an alcoholic, how can you stop doing something when you're labeling yourself with the very thing that you're trying not to be? Yeah. That makes no sense to me. And the fact that they say, oh, it's so it's hard. You know, I take one day at a time. I take life one day at a time. How can you take it any other way? That That's life anyway. You know, it's like, nah, I just, I just. Uh... It's, it's so neat that you are offering an alternative because for, because for some people you're right, AA is a perfect solution for what they need in their life. For some people, therapy is the perfect solution. And it's so nice because I think in the past, those were kind of the two options that you're saying, wait a second, there's another way. And so talk to me a little bit about, obviously without using names, but talk to me a little bit about some of the things you've seen with your own clients that you've worked with, some of the success stories. Oh, lots. Um, somebody who lost their job, lost their child, lost everything, lost their license, lost their house, lost everything and came to me, went through my system and now got their child back got another job, got another house, just completely changed their life. You know, they don't drink anymore. Then it's another like, client. We, we, we have this thing. I don't know if, if country music hit it, made its way to, uh, to, to the UK, but we have this thing that if you play a country song backwards, the person gets their house back, their wife back, their dog back, because country music is generally all about, I lost my wife. I'm not a country singer, oh, but yeah. I lost my wife, I lost <laughs> my dog, I lost, so playing it backwards, he gets, so it sounds like, yeah, you're manifesting the opposite yeah. of country music, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, um, and then there was another lady, someone, she was drink in lockdown, she would, so for years, it's kind of like with alcohol, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? She used to, anybody that drinks, you know, you can guarantee more or less that they're drinking more now than they were 10 years ago, mm. you know, because you need the same amount to get that buzz. So when lockdown happened, I think a lot of people started drinking a lot more, you know, mm. um, she was drinking a bottle of wine, uh, sorry, a glass of wine. And then through lockdown, it got to a bottle of wine and then she just couldn't stop doing it. She just couldn't stop drinking and she tried with willpower, same as what I used to. Um, and then she just contacted me and she went through my system and she's not had a drop since. It's like, again, she says, it's like you've switched a switch off in my head. And then another client who she only started drinking, like she was in her thirties or forties. She was 47 actually, but she'd only started drinking 
seven years ago because she in her childhood she was sexually abused by a stepdad and when she went to tell her mum about it only seven years ago her mum said now you've ruined every memory I ever had of him oh my that's what she said to her own daughter and so that is when she started drinking because she was like and so she went through my system did all the healing did the and she's not had a drink since wow Vicky that's believe it people can't believe it's amazing what what um how effective it is and you know what it does for people but yeah she was drinking a bottle of wine every day and then even when she wasn't at work she was drinking three getting through two or three bottles of wine I've had people that were drinking vodka. She, this lady, she had her own business. She um, she was drinking every day. She would go into people's houses. I can't remember what she did for a living. but um, And she would be drinking out of their drinks cabinet, vodka and things like that. You know, she went through my system. She doesn't drink anymore. You know, I had a lady who was 60 years old um, and she was smoking weed and cigarettes. And she tried, she got COPD. She, a doctor was telling her that if she carried on smoking, she would have a stroke. She just couldn't quit. She tried patches, you know, all the nicotine replacement treatment, and she just couldn't stop. And then she went through my system. It took a bit longer with that lady because she'd had a lot of trauma. She was in a, her parents were rock stars um, in rock bands. And as a child, she was put into um, boarding school with nuns. And they sexually abused her and beat her and all kinds of trauma that she'd had. But she went through my system. It took a little bit longer because there was a lot of trauma, obviously, and um, had the hypnotherapy. And, you know, she still messaged. This was a couple of years ago. She still messages me to this day. You know, I'm so grateful to you because she doesn't smoke anymore. She just doesn't. She goes to parties, doesn't bother her. She's got a, she's got a toy boy boyfriend. So <laughs> you would think, why is a 60 year old going to parties? But, you know, she's got that rock star lifestyle. So yeah, maybe she'll... that's part of the joy that she has. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's her toy boy. Vicky cannot guarantee you will get a toy boy uh, upon, <laughs> but it is, uh, <laughs> it is a possibility. So this is incredible, Vicky. Like this is such a healing modality that just hearing these stories of people who have had are now healed and that have this new light in their life. And I'm sure people listening to this are, you know, if they're dealing with anxiety or alcoholism, they're, they're going to be interested. My last question, if people want to work with you and they're not dealing with anxiety and they're not dealing with alcoholism or, or smoking, but let's say they are dealing with some kind of trauma. Um, do you work with those people as well? Or is it kind of limited to the anxiety, alcohol, weed, tobacco, umbrella? No, I work with anybody. Okay. You know, we would have a consultation and a chat and um, get to know each other a little bit. And if we're a good fit to work together, then I'd put together a package and yeah. Oh, that's so it's really available for anyone looking for some yeah help. it's just that addiction's close to my heart because of my you know finding my dad dead and uh 
it's the one thing I think that's needed more than anything, anxiety and alcohol after the lockdown and the last few years that we've all had, you know. Um, so, yeah, but no, I do work with any kind of um, issues, really. It's beautiful. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way they can do that? Find my Instagram, send me a message or my Facebook. And you can go ahead and say your Instagram here, but I'll also include it in the show notes. So do you want to shout that out? And people may be scrambling on their phones to go right there right now. So it's, I am Vicky Valence Clark. Shall I spell it out? I think I so. Am. And then Vicky, V-I-K-I, and then V-A-L-L-A-N-C-E hyphen C-L-A-R-K. I am and there will Vicky. not be a test on that. Again, those will be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> mine's easier than your name <laughs> yeah yeah a Berkovis has never been easy trust me it's it's a challenging one well Vicky thank you so very much for sharing oh. this your gift with the world I'm sure many people are going to want to know more so thank you again for being with us pleasure thank you for having me Stacy. Let's get ready to meditate. Welcome to this meditation to help guide you to quit drinking. Making this life choice at first may be very difficult, but with persistence and dedication, you turn your life into something that is truly amazing where you can achieve your dreams without the harmful effects of alcohol holding you back. Find a nice, comfortable spot where you will not be disturbed by anyone or anything for the duration of this session. You may close your eyes at any time to begin your journey into relaxation. If you are ready to take on quitting drinking right now, take a deep breath in. Inhale as much as you can, and on the exhale say, I am in control of my choices. Good. Breathe in deeply again, feeling your body expand with the breath, and as you breathe out, repeat, I am in control of my choices. Really feel the meaning of these words. Let's relax even further now by following the breath. Notice how your breath is flowing naturally right now and do not try to change it. Simply watch it come and go. Come and go. If you like, you can imagine that you are at a secluded beach. The weather is perfect. The sun is bright in the sky. It's gentle on your skin. The waves represent your breath, endlessly coming and going. You can hear the sound of your breath coming in and out, similar to the waves breaking on the sand. This beach and all its beauty represent you in your amazing natural state. It is important to know that even though addiction can seem consuming, you have power over your impulses. Your impulses are not you. 
just like you have power over your breath and can choose when to breathe deeply. You have chosen to stop drinking now. So when you are fighting impulses, turn to the power of your breath and instead take several deep breaths when you find you are faced with an impulse to drink. Inhale. Exhale. As you relax even more now, you can feel how you are highly motivated to stop drinking. It is now your life mission. Through the power of full breathing, when faced with an impulse to drink, you release the need for alcohol. <sighs> Drinking alcohol no longer brings you enjoyment, pleasure, or peace. It is something you avoid. When you let go of your need for alcohol, you can fully enjoy life in so many other ways. You are overcoming your need to drink one day at a time. Breathe. Now visualize with the great power of your imagination that you are fully sober every day living life happily without alcohol. Notice the things you are doing when you no longer need to drink. How do you feel in your body when you are sober and healthy? How do you feel in your mind when you have fully let go of any addiction to alcohol? See yourself clearly living a sober life, being full of energy, happy, free, and you deserve to be healthy. Beginning to heal your relationships with people. Visualize yourself in as much detail as possible, dedicated to self-love and self-care. It is easy to do when you breathe in in times of doubt or trouble. Surround yourself with people who love you. Forget about people who encourage you to drink. You create your reality. Every moment is an opportunity for growth and advancement. Hear yourself repeat these statements. I have courage and discipline to make being sober a way of life. Breathe in and out, feeling this new found willpower. I am determined to quit alcohol. Breathe. I am kind to myself through times of struggle. The road to recovery might be bumpy, but it leads to true joy and happiness. Breathe deeply into these words. I make a commitment to take responsibility for my life and my choices. Breathe. From now on, you love and respect your body by avoiding the harmful effects of alcohol. Choose health, choose clarity, 
choose life. In times of overwhelming impulses to drink alcohol, take three deep breaths and drink a glass of water. One step at a time, one breath at a time. From now on, take very good care of yourself. Health is your priority. Avoiding places and events where alcohol is offered is your new healthy habit. It's so nice living a healthy lifestyle. You feel crisp and clear, healthy and confident. So much time has been freed up that you had wasted on alcohol. Now, you breathe deeply to make it through cravings. You are getting healthier every single day from this amazing change you have made. Breathe in again as much as you can and repeat these statements. I enjoy being healthy. I am making good choices towards a healthy lifestyle. Every day I am getting mentally stronger and physically healthier. I am free from my alcohol addiction. Good. Now gently returning to your awareness to the present moment, begin to move your fingers and toes to fill this new, fresh body that is excited to live life making healthy choices every moment of every day. Whenever you're ready to take on a sober life, open your eyes. Place your hand on your heart. Together, we find peace and embrace life one breath at a time. Thank you for joining Living on the Exhale. Make sure to subscribe.